You're listening to On Human Rights, where we bring you interviews from experts around the world. We highlight the latest and most interesting trends and bring you information on human rights and international humanitarian law. My name is Angela Gadoli and we are broadcasting from the Raoul Wallenberg Institute in New Sweden. Today's speaker is our very own Dr. Matthew Scott, leader of the Human Rights and the Environment Thematic Area and senior researcher here at RWI. He's also an adjunct senior lecturer at the Faculty of Law at Lund University. His work focuses on integrating social science perspectives with international legal standards to promote context-sensitive human rights-based law, policy, and practice relating to disaster risk reduction and climate change adaptation. He holds a PhD in public international law and a master in social anthropology of development. So Matthew, uh, you're just back from COP28. What were you doing there? Yeah, well, uh, I went to COP28 in Dubai in the second week of the event. Uh, Colleagues from the regional office in Jakarta were there during the first week. Um, When I was there, a main purpose was to disseminate insights uh, on the work we're doing, uh, both in Asia-Pacific as well as in Africa. Uh, And I had a primary uh, priority of uh, sharing insights from the work we've done with uh, local authorities working in uh, Kampala, Nairobi, and Freetown. Um, but the way that uh, this happened was through a panel discussion uh, together with some other uh, actors working on climate-related human mobility. Um, for the second time now, uh, the International Organization for Migration and the Global Center for Climate uh, Mobility hosted a pavilion uh, within the blue zone of the COP uh, to bring uh, different people working on this issue together and to help disseminate insights. Uh, So they hosted our panel, uh, which focused on urban climate-related mobility. Uh, And together with me, Uh, We had a panel uh, consisting of a representative from the um, Global Network of Civil Society Organizations for Disaster Risk Reduction, uh, as well as a representative from the Climate Change Secretariat uh, from Sri Lanka. Uh, And we had a recorded address uh, from the mayor of uh, Makati City in the Philippines. And the idea with that panel was to really present insight into the multi-level and multi-sectoral and multi-stakeholder dimensions of urban climate mobility, uh, mostly focusing on the displacement dimension there. Uh, So we could see it from the national government perspective in Sri Lanka. We could see it from the local government perspective in um, Makati City. We heard the civil society voices from the global network of civil society organizations for disaster risk reduction. And we got the academic perspective uh, from my presentation, which uh, shared insights into um, 
what some of the colleagues from the Asia Pacific Academic Network on disaster displacement have been producing. Right now we're working on an edited volume and uh, they're producing case studies, some of which focus on the urban dimension of uh, climate mobility. Um, so I highlighted one insight from uh, North Liwu Regency in uh, Indonesia, uh, as well as some others from the earlier work that we've done on disaster displacement. Um, so it was, um, that, that was probably the highlight of the participation in COP um, and uh, the opportunities that kind of connected to that and just being present at COP were loads of meetings with people from international organizations as well as um, civil society, academia. It's really just a great opportunity where people come together to talk about this specialist area, which is definitely gaining in um, uh, interest uh, at, at these kind of events. Oh, great. That sounds really good. Um, so moving on from that, I would like to ask you, like, can you tell me more about the Climate di Displacement in African Cities project? Yeah, this is, uh, this is a project we've been working on since 2022. Uh, and I think it, uh, for me, it's a project that's really gripped my uh, attention and enthusiasm. And the reason for that, there's multiple reasons, really. Um, Firstly, it's it's the first time that we've worked in a project kind of way on the issue of uh, climate-related human mobility in an African context. Uh, previously, we've worked with the uh, Zimbabwe Human Rights Commission uh, on sort of uh, developing deeper insight into the human rights dimensions of this phenomenon in the aftermath of Cyclone Edai in 2019. But this project uh, was uh, overall about 18 months long, uh, and it gave us a chance to bring some of the methodological insights that we've developed working in Asia Pacific, where really we developed a lot of our knowledge and insights into climate-related human mobility over the past five or seven years. Um, so bringing those concepts and methodologies into an African context is uh, one of the things that I think is, is a big step forward uh, in, that's demonstrated by this project. But what's the project itself all about? Uh, it's supported by the Swedish Institute, uh, and it's called a Public Sector Innovation Program. So that uh, idea is that people working in the public sector uh, come together uh, from several countries, uh, and in this project it was uh, Kenya, uh, Uganda, and Sierra Leone, uh, and they come together in order to learn about something, but we didn't want to make it a kind of traditional knowledge transfer kind of project, but rather we framed it from the outset as a co-learning process. Uh, so we have particular expertise on international human rights law uh, and uh, together with my colleague Mohamza uh, from the Department of Risk Management at Lund University uh, who's got disaster risk reduction and uh, urban uh, resilience uh, expertise. We have that 
international perspective and then we work together with the local authorities in those three cities uh, who have the on the ground expertise into the realities of climate related mobility in their cities. Um, so there was a competitive recruitment process and uh, all up we had about 25 participants uh, who were authorized from their uh, government positions to come and participate in the project. And we worked together over the duration of the course to develop city profiles. Um, and the process for developing those profiles uh, built on the methodology that we developed in Asia Pacific uh, called the framework for integrating rights and equality. This FIRE framework, as we call it, uh, structured the learning exchanges that we had and also provided the foundation for the city profiles that we developed together over the, the duration of the project. And those have now been released and they're available uh, both in hard copy in a limited number that uh, will have them disseminate in their own city contexts, but also online on the climate displacement in African cities website. Um, so the project's come to an end uh, and hopefully we won't have it, uh, have, have the momentum that we've generated finish there, uh, but officially the project's over and it concluded with the city profiles, diplomas for the participants, and um, action plans for them to, uh, of their own momentum now, uh, take steps uh, within their city context to address some of the issues that they've identified in the city profiles. Mm, that sounds really interesting. I would like to ask a question, actually. Um, how has the integration of the FIRE framework from the Asia-Pacific context uh, worked uh, when you now uh, transit into an African context? Well, I mean, the, the, the thing about FIRE is that it derives from existing international standards and guidelines. Mm -hmm. So we took, uh, we took quite a long time uh, working uh, in a program called the Building Resilience to Disaster Risk Program. Uh, in Asia Pacific. We worked on that program with the Asian Disaster Preparedness Center, Stockholm Environment Agency and Swedish Civil Contingencies Agency. Um, and uh, together we developed this framework which reflects existing international standards and guidelines from human rights treaty monitoring bodies as well as operational standards and guidelines uh, as well as reflecting uh, principles and concepts from gender equality uh, from a what we call a feminist political ecology perspective and these perspectives generate discussion wherever in the world you introduce them and this is kind of how we see the strength of the fire framework is that it doesn't prescribe how different actors should uh, respond to the incredibly complex challenge of climate-related human mobility, but rather it presents uh, a structured set of questions built around six dimensions uh, that come from these international standards. And we help to facilitate the discussion with people who know what's going on in their own place uh, to get that more nuanced insight um, so it worked uh, fabulously 
I have to say. And that's part of why I'm so enthusiastic about it, because it's kind of a proof of concept that we have this uh, methodology that we can apply in a variety of contexts that that really expand beyond even climate related human mobility and can be applied in climate change adaptation and disaster risk reduction contexts more broadly. Um, so it, uh, yeah, it seemed to work out uh, quite well. Super. That was a really good answer to, to the question. Thanks. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, moving on to uh, our final question, it would be uh, what work do you have on the horizon relating to the urban climate displacement? Yeah, uh, I mean, the, the, the thing is, from my perspective, having worked for more than a decade on climate-related human mobility, both in terms of cross-border movement as well as movement within countries, uh, the urban dimension still warrants a lot more attention. Uh, there's a lot of academic work and a lot of international and regional policy work that's been done on cross-border human mobility there's a lot of momentum still a lot of work to do but uh, it's kind of understood what's needed in that space uh, there's also quite a lot of work that's been done on disaster displacement we spent several years within the regional asia pacific program uh, trying to articulate a human rights-based approach to disaster displacement really focusing primarily on sudden onset uh, hazard events like cyclones or floods. Uh, but now we, we see and have seen now for several years uh, that the urban dimension uh, has a kind of complexity that at least where we're sitting feels like it needs much more exploration uh, from that multi-level, multi-stakeholder, multi-sectoral uh, approach. Um, the complexity of the urban dimension itself uh, is, is well recognized. Uh, we know that there's transport, there's housing, there's uh, other kinds of infrastructure, there's hydrology. And this is what we tried to capture uh, when we had the um, climate displacement in African cities project because the recruitment targeted people from different departments within the local government to get a sense of that complexity, community development, disaster preparedness, media, markets, uh, town planning, all of these sectors have something to do with the experience of climate-related mobility into cities as well as within cities but different cities around the world are different uh, and very few of them are actively engaged in addressing this specific phenomenon of human mobility but we're really inspired uh, and the underlying impetus behind that project is the global mayor's action agenda on climate and migration which was launched at cop 26 in glasgow uh, and uh, participating in, in that process, we, uh, we thought we can do something with that. And we continue to feel that that's the case after now completing the Climate Displacement in African Cities project. So we've got a couple of ideas moving forward. Uh, one is uh, a bit more aspirational. It's about scaling the methodology. Uh, having worked with three cities in 
uh, in Africa and seen that this kind of approach generates unique insights and can provide a baseline for practical action by local actors. We'd like to see that happen in other cities as well. But hopefully this time working beyond the delimited space of public sector authorities alone. We'd like to have uh, collaborations where we're working together with civil society, academia, as well as local and national government. So we get that multi-level, multi-stakeholder, multi-sectoral uh, insight that we're uh, always aiming for. Um, so so there's, there's some ambitions and there's some project descriptions and things around that. Um, something that came out more concretely from the um, panel discussion that we had at COP28 uh, is uh, a, a very nascent initiative where we may uh, look at opportunities with Sri Lanka and the Climate Change Secretariat there because they've already identified urban climate mobility both into cities as well as within cities as an area that requires more attention within their national adaptation planning and development of the nationally determined contributions. Uh, and it so happens that we also have um, partners within the Asia Pacific Academic Network on disaster displacement. Uh, so there's, there's some opportunities for uh, uh, returning back to the Asia Pacific and doing something similar to what we did in uh, in the African cities context uh, there in Asia uh, and not just Sri Lanka but that's uh, that's one example but also it's important not to leave the cities uh, where we have been collaborating uh, just at the end of the project because we we ended on a high note with quite a lot of enthusiasm uh, both uh, within RWI, but also uh, with the uh, partner cities. And so we want to continue to build on that uh, momentum through new initiatives with them. Um, that's always dependent on project funding. Uh, but at the same time, we don't have to uh, drop the ball. Uh, in fact, as you, Angela, know, uh, we're depending on on you to to carry the torch uh, in the Kenyan context. Um, one of the one of the key insights coming out of the collaboration in all three cities was the need for further research, uh, which is not just reflecting our academic bias, but also uh, just recognizing that. The knowledge that the local authorities have is limited, and that's one of the benefits of this process that we can say, well, this is what we know, and this is what we don't know. Uh, so finding more opportunities uh, like you've done, Angela, to, um, to actually go and conduct research with these same actors who are already uh, engaged in thinking about practical solutions to urban disaster displacement is uh, one great way forward and i'm really excited to see where that leads um, and it's thanks to the um, support of icld uh, that you can go there and it's also thanks to icld who we've partnered with before uh, that some of those participants joined the program in the first place. Um, so I just want to shout out that uh, collaboration because it was meaningful in this in this context. But also moving uh, in the space of um, Uganda um, and connecting again back to COP28, uh, 
uh, we um, we've had a, a long-standing communication with the Global Center for Climate Mobility, which is this uh, UN-led uh, initiative, which started out with a an, a large initiative called the. Um, Africa Climate Mobility Initiative and has now expanded to a lot of other regional contexts as well. Um, but they've recently done a deep dive on climate mobility in Uganda. Uh, and so the uh, Kampala colleagues who we worked with uh, on the Kampala city profile are in touch with them. And so hopefully we're not dropping the ball there either. Uh, and uh, with Freetown, we've got a, a lot of momentum as well. Uh, partnering in that context with the um, uh, Sierra Leone Red Cross Society. So the issue doesn't go away, uh, and neither does our enthusiasm for uh, exploring how to address it in a practical, human rights-based way. Um, so those are some of the ways that we're moving forward uh, as we enter 2024. Great, thank you so much for that insight, insightful session and uh, information. I think uh, everyone can agree that uh, they've learned something new today. And um, I'm also excited to be coming on board to offer more research information and uh, to collaborate with you guys. Um, so, great. Yeah, it's great to have you. Thanks, Angela. <laughs>